Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome in here on Rutherford Issues today. We've got State Representative Mike Sparks joining us, and uh, the show is brought to you by our friends at Turner Security for your security needs residential or commercial turn to turner security mike's here with us and we've got in studio we've got uh three zoomers here today so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm surprised you put all this together so well well i'm learning brother <laughs> are you i'm learning from you and dalton's gave me some tips too dalton's pretty good isn't he yeah 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 it's just challenging times make you work a little harder <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and their times have certainly be challenging, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I just heard on the news update that yesterday was the worst day of this virus stuff um, yeah. that we've had so far. So we just got to get, get to that vaccine. I talked to the governor a week, uh, week ago, right before uh, Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. did a little interview with him. And it looks like in about, a, he said, two weeks, maybe the first batch of those vaccines would be coming in. And I know the vice president's in Memphis today. And yeah. so if we can hang on, I think things will get a little better. Well, did you see the, the good news about John DeBerry? I did, yeah. Uh, he's going to be joining the governor's cabinet. Yeah. Well, I, I, I reminded that scripture, Genesis 50, verse 20, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. So, you know, <clears throat> folks don't know what happened to John DeBerry. They took him off the ballot. Uh, I didn't even know you could do that. He's been a 26-year lawmaker, literally marched with Dr. King as a boy. Um, he, uh, uh, It's really sad. He was at the mountaintop speech. I mean, he was literally there. And uh, just such a good voice for, for people, small businesses, and people that lack a voice in Memphis, and they literally took the voice off the air, basically. But, you know, God had a bigger plan. Here, here's the irony. This is what I love it when, when you see people that are out there trying to hate on folks. So a Republican governor is asked as a senior advisor, a Democrat? Yeah. Is this not some irony? But this is how God works. I mean, he uses irony. He uses uh, a lot of strange twists sometimes. But but now what they, they tried to silence his voice, and God elevated that voice. And, um, you know, needless to say, not trying to get political, but I'm just disappointed with NAACP, the ACLU, and others who were silent, very silent about John DeBerry. But God had bigger plans, and now that guy's got a strong voice at the state capitol. I mean, his office is in the state capitol. It's in the governor's office. Is that not cool? Yeah. What what you got to say about about John DeBerry, Jim? uh, Yeah, Jim Brown here with NFIB. It's good to be with you, Mike. But uh, John... Uh, long-time NFIB member, great voting record for small business, you know, conservative Democrat. And just to, to see Governor Lee bring him into the cabinet, a lot of people were very happy about that. Because yeah. he's got high integrity, great principles, um, works with both sides of the aisle, the kind of stuff you want. Yeah. And so i you know, thrilled like you are that he's part of the team. Well, you know, it's so sad when I see – I often see a disconnect in, in government and um, – and I remember we were on a on a prayer caucus call. We've got a few people that about twelve of us that, that will have a call every now and then and talk about different issues. And um, and Janice Bowling, Janice, great lady out of Winchester, and Senator Janice Bowling. And um, she said, "John, how you doing?" This was a couple couple months ago. And he said, "Well, how, she's how you holding up?" He said, "Well, I, I'm doing all right." He kind of his voice kind of crackled, and and he got choked up. And I, you know, I got a little up a little mad when I heard him get choked up a little bit so I called him that day or next day and I brought up them the dogs in Memphis you know the 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 riots and the protest and 
and when the police dogs were were there and and he said mike i was there i was there with them police dogs and i brought up that letter that dr king wrote from the birmingham jail and i said think of what dr king went through the persecution he went through i said brother just guys got bigger plans for you and and it's so cool though man when you see things play out play out like this this is such big news cnn's not gonna talk about it fox news probably gonna talk about it npr's not gonna talk about it channel five i gotta give them kudos they did do a little and the ap had something tennessee did too yeah but you know it's good i mean it's it's good news well when you look at the lack of voices jim and that's what i like about y'all being that voice for small business which is your motto if i'm not mistaken that's right let me ask you this and I'll get off the John DeBerry story if that's okay in a second. But let me ask you this, Jim, because Jim Jim's been up there for years. I mean, he's a he's a, a just a, a big player in, in state politics from Memphis to Mountain City. If I made the argument that John DeBerry had more influence in the entire Democrat Party and the Black Caucus in Nashville, am I wrong to say that? I think John DeBerry, when he was a state representative, decided to be effective. And some people go up there and want to make noise on both sides of the aisle. Mm -hmm. And some of them want to be effective. And I think when he saw kind of the change in politics over the last 10, 12 years, he he kept those relationships with Republicans. And things change. Republicans need to remember that, too. So things change. And he decided he was going to be effective. And he had good relationships with Republican leaders. And um, he had a big voice up there. For well, sure. When the governor was in the train depot and smart enough a few last month with us, uh, I brought up the John DeBerry situation because I had a top leader. I won't say his, his name, but it was top leader. And um, he said, well, what John DeBerry is suffering from is religious persecution. And I thought to myself, and I didn't tell the guy, but I'm thinking, man, you're a, you're a top leader and you're not going to come out public about that. He was just silent again. But he believed in, in pro small business policies, education reform. Um, things that, you know, he took a stand on some hard issues for some of his district. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, the, some of the, some of the, his party didn't like it. And, uh, we saw what happened. Well, the good thing is we're segueing into the voice of small business. Yep. Now, now representative John DeBerry, <clears throat> give God the glory for it, is a stronger voice, not just in Memphis, but, but across the state of Tennessee from Memphis to Mountain City. So, so kudos to Governor Bill Lee for appointing him as a senior policy analyst. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let, let's kind of bring in some of our uh, small business owners that you have uh, pulled together here, Mike. Uh, why don't you do the honors here and introduce our guest here, and we'll jump into the conversation with Jim as well. Okay, I've got um, Jenny Williams of Gills Ace Hardware. Jenny's a trailblazer. Folks know Jenny over there at Smyrna at Gills Ace Hardware. She had a great mentor in her life, which was her, her, her late father, who, who had the vision to start Gillsville and that whole area over there. Uh, I just happened to be over yesterday because I'm doing some plumbing at our business, you know, buying some parts over there. But um, Jenny was the first female uh, uh, Smyrna councilman, big trailblazer, former president of our Rotary Club, uh, one of the first females in our Rotary Club because years ago they didn't allow females in Rotary, believe it or not. And uh, got Mark Mark Lewis, uh, wave at, at us, Mark. Mark with a farmer's insurance agency. Mark just started a men's Bible uh, class at Hope Fellowship over on Lee Victory Parkway. Mm-hmm. And in fact, my mentor Bob Spivey paid that church off uh, when he when he passed away, and um, it's a it's a new church though, different different leadership over there now. Uh, Brother Ken, nice guy. Uh, we meet every I think it's every next meet. I think it's December 9th or something. Mark, um, uh, but great great event. The twelfth, December twelfth. Uh, just yes, show up at Hope Fellowship. 
Um, not to say men only, but it is for men. Okay, <laughs> and uh, but we have some good topics. And Mark, Mark's just hard hitting. Uh, he grew up Pentecostal, so he's just he's a strong strong believer. I'm sure they've got a women's group somewhere. Uh, well, there yeah, we yeah. can we can find we'll, we'll find something. We had a good breakfast of the day. But um, uh, the third person, I, I don't know who the third person is. I'm sorry, I don't recognize that number. But I've got a few other people I text. And is that Jim Africano or is that Maddie's restaurant? That's Maddie's restaurant. All right. So this is Danny. Danny, am I saying your 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 name proper? Is uh, it Danny, yeah, Danny Purdue? Purdue. Okay. Because I, I like how do boiler, you like the Boilermakers? Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think all so. Right. Well, well, that that's our guest today. I think we just got the three, and um, they're all out there. They're out there hitting it hard. They probably got up at five this morning, um, <laughs> operating their small businesses. Well, great. Uh, where do we want to kind of start here with the conversation? Why why put this show together here today, and what were your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I can be a critic, I know, and um, uh, and no, you yes, sometimes. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I get upset because I see the lack of voices many times, and and I often say there's no voice for people, there's no voice for small businesses, and there is a voice with Jim Brown, but and and his and his membership, but Jim's one guy. Jim doesn't have an entourage of of staff there, um, and it takes folks to to be involved. So he, the NFIB is a voice for small businesses, but um, but I'm hearing the struggles that people are mm-hmm. are having. Uh, we had City Cafe on last uh, two weeks ago, and. Uh, you know, in fact, we kind of had a church service, I guess, because we talked about miracles, and she had a, she got a miracle. She's open, and people stepped up. The media stepped up. Uh, there wasn't no fake news involved. It was all real news, and it was real solutions for real problems. And uh, and I think all these people, if you're an entrepreneur, you've got to solve problems. You can't call up the government for help. You've got to make it happen. Um, that's why I was at Jenny's fixing my plumbing myself for the day. Uh, well, I fixed my AC unit myself last week, and um, you've got to learn to be resourceful, and, and all these folks are resourceful. Hmm. Well, um, gosh, Jim, yeah. I, I, l- let's kind of start with you, because what we see here on our Zoom screen, uh, th- this is the heartbeat of America. They are, and I, I think Jenny might be an NFIB member still, right, Ace Hardware? Yes, she's nodding, um, so thank you, but there, this is a good-looking cross-section of what our membership looks like. We've got... 6,000 members in Tennessee, 300,000 across the country, and uh, it's a general interest uh, organization. And Mike's right, I am the voice up in in Nashville. We've got a team up in Washington, D.C. We're in every state capital. We focus on general interest issues, anything that will hit pretty much everyone on the screen there, which is workers' comp, unemployment, uh, tax, regulatory, uh, uh, tort. We just had the COVID liability protection bill that a lot of our members were very, very uh, interested in in this unusual time having that protection. So um, that's something that Representative Sparks voted for the second time and got it done. Yes. And uh, thank you um, and congrats on Add your, that to my record, by the way. It's it's a strong record. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, it, you know, that's that's who we are. We, we don't decide things in a boardroom. We ballot. We poll our members frequently. And we take the, the results of those those surveys to uh, Representative Sparks and 131 other um, legislators and the governor's office. And so that's what I do. Well, and uh, we're in tough times, and that's why we're here. We're going to talk about what's going on. It's it's really uh, part of part of what's going on with small business is it's uh, um, we have industries in peril. Um, it's brutal for hospitality for. Um, restaurants for hotels for event wedding planners and we've been working very very hard this year with the governor and the and the leadership 
to uh, to do everything we can, state and federal, to uh, help them survive. And we're in a very critical moment right now. Well, I know that in my conversation with the governor um, uh, last week, I ask because I think it's important as other governors in, in other states uh, begin to uh, shut down the economy again, you know, what, what will we do in Tennessee? And he said to me that, in paraphrasing, but we know so much more about this virus now and that it would be so detrimental to the state's economy and, and small businesses to shut down and there are no plans to do that no and we've got to have a vaccine y'all talked about that early and it's got to happen pretty quick and it's been sped up pretty quick so that's very good but um what I, i listened to the governor yesterday on the financial stimulus accountability group that was formed to deploy take care of that 2.3 billion in cares funds that came to uh to tennessee and and every state got some money um back in i believe it was april so uh, what he has done has he he has greatly he and the lieutenant governor and the speaker of the house and other leaders they have and I looked at the numbers yesterday on this call they did almost 1.3 billion of the 2.3 billion has gone to help business small business 939 million has gone to the unemployment trust fund that is going to save Jenny and and Mr. Purdue and Mark uh, a, a lot of money on their unemployment taxes about 300 percent. Uh, increase in unemployment was going to occur if they didn't do that and some other things we asked them to do. So we're just thrilled that they did that. Some states haven't. They're borrowing from the federal government and their trust funds are going bust and there's going to be extreme pain for years mm. uh, in some states. Tennessee, it's not going to experience that. And then there's another $330 million that's gone to two different small business relief funds. And the first uh, finished up on September 30th, about $225 million and then 125 million and they may add some soon they said yesterday 125 million to the surge the secondary emergency relief fund and so there's more help on the way at the state level we don't know how much and when but it's coming we think the key though is to get that second round of pppl and i got stats to share with you that it has to happen or else the closures are going to accelerate and it's going to go from bad to worse Mm-hmm. One uh, one industry we've got oh I guess about ten minutes or so left so l- let's ladies first here Jenny I, I want to start with you here and I know that we talk about uh, how tough this year has been but for some industries it's been a relatively good year and I think the industry that you're in the hardware that that has had a, a decent year this year hasn't it. Yes, we've, we've been in business since uh, 1975, 45 years in business this year. I wanted to have a big party in um, May, but then I thought, no, better not have a party, you know. And um, we were actually in, I mean, it, April and May, we were overwhelmed with business. Um, people started thinking about smaller businesses and wanting to spend their money at smaller businesses. Like, you know, they supported the um city cafe last week because you know they they want to support us and um and i can't say enough good things of what the nfib i receive a lot of email from y'all not a lot it's not overwhelming <laughs> not too email, many, but I hope. <laughs> it's lots of great information and um about the pp um p loans and and you know um i'm fortunate that i'm I'm like you said, it's the hospitality uh, companies um, that have have hurt, but we've been considered an essential business and 
my customers were coming in the store and and i know some of them were in the building you know the building never stopped um they're still building houses and business some new businesses opened up under these crazy times but i would tell them when they walked in the door i said well you must be an essential worker i'm glad to see you you know i'm essential too they could kind of feel good to know you were essential but um but NFIB has done a great, National Federation of Independent Business has done a great job, you know, passing information on to businesses. I mean, just the lobbying effort that you all do to look out for us small business people. And then the information you passed on, you know, getting assistance from the government. Um, I know many businesses, you know, had to take advantage of that. I, I haven't missed a day of work. I've never worked harder in my life because um, it was um, even you know trying to get some some product is still not coming in a couple of thousand a week still not coming in because it's just not out there you know paper goods and uh cleaning supplies i guess ace corporate is not big enough we have five thousand stores 15 warehouses but we're not big enough to maybe have the buying power but um we, we never missed a day of work it's it's been i've been blessed i i just have to say sometimes i sound like i'm complaining but I just want to say I'm not complaining. I'm blessed with great business and great yes. customers. I mean, I, mm. you know, when you've been in business that long, and I appreciate Mike talking about my dad, and um, and um, he was my mentor, and I just sometimes think, what would dad think about this? Yes. You know, what would daddy think about all this craziness yeah. and doing business? But anyway. It has definitely been a, a, a wild time. And, you know, Danny, I, I think about the um, – the restaurant industry and and just how tough that had been and and, and initially when you know weeks and weeks and uh, you know n no business and unfortunately some went out of business and it, it it's it's been particularly tough on the uh restaurants hasn't it mm. yes um and you know you were um he mentioned an event business. We've been trying to rent a space to a lady from, she's actually from Cuba, moved here 25 years ago. She tells me some stories about when she lived in Cuba and I just can't believe what a, a crazy place that was to live. And they moved here, they're American, 25 years ago, they're American citizens. She's trying, she has a dress shop. So she's suffered from the dress shop. She's had that for seven years, but she's trying to open up an event center and she's been trying since February and COVID hit. And then, um, and she's not gonna have food in this business. She's just trying to get the building ready to hold at least 300 people. Mm -hmm. And um, of course there's codes and fire codes that she has to go through. And um, she's suffered, but um, she only missed a few months of rent. I just told her, you, you're renovating. I'm not gonna take rent for four months from you, you know, cause she was trying to get the building ready and she's still working on that. But to, talk, to hear her talk about living in Cuba and how repressive the government was there, and they saw an opportunity to come to America, and her husband has a small trucking company, the hardest working people I've ever seen, mm. um, makes you appreciate being in America and, and having the freedom to, to run a business and do what you want to in your business. Amen. And Danny just opened a restaurant. Is that what is, is he there? Yeah, Danny, nice. talk to us a little uh, bit uh, about what's going on with Maddie's Restaurant. Uh, yeah, we, uh, me and me and my partner, uh, Chris, we opened our restaurant. Actually, we signed a lease at, at the very first of the year. We didn't, COVID wasn't really being talked about at that time. 
And uh, as we will, it took us about three months to, to open our restaurant up. But um, when it started hitting the TV, I just I couldn't really believe what was going on. And I mean, we had a five-year lease in front of us, and uh, yeah. you know, our landlord has been just just amazing. He said, "Just keep praying, you know, keep your head down, keep working hard, and we'll, we'll get through this." And that's exactly what we're trying to do: is working hard every day. Um, you know, this, 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 this whole COVID thing, and uh, it's just, you know, our, our business is down right about 68%. Um, when we, uh, when we lost the mask mandate, uh, you know, for the first time in, you know, four or five months, we were showing a profit for the first time ever when the mask mandate came back, uh, we went back to losing money again. You know, you, you're looking at a business that started out with 15 employees, um, because we opened six days a week. Uh, we're down to five employees now, and that includes you know me and the you know me and my partner. Did you did you so, get a so, did you get a PPPL? Were you underneath that deadline of, of being? No, we, we I applied for it, but did not. Uh, I didn't qualify. For yeah, it. that February fifteen deadline. I think you probably missed that. What Correct. about what 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 about state grants? The twenty five hundred to thirty thousand. Did you get those? Were, were you able to qualify? No, I'm, I qualified for it. Yeah, I mean, you you opened at the worst possible time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. On, yeah. I, I just. I. I'd feel for you, and I just saw. Um, what is it? Pepper, peach, and pepper, or pepper and peach hot yeah. chicken. They just. Yeah. They opened at the worst possible yes. time, and you know yeah. a lot of restaurants in Nashville that looked promising. They're. Did they wind up having to close? A lot of them. Yeah. Because um, you know, they just opened up one here in Murfreesboro. Or they have you know so. one down the street from me where I live. They they don't. They have patio service and a limited folks in to come in but yeah they, they basically have a cook and a food runner and the manager and that's it and that's very common around town is to operate at 20 yeah. percent and try and um do it that way and keep your door open and then once people come back you can get going again danny yeah, I, exactly. I, I find it interesting that you say the mask mandate even though you can go out and, and go to a restaurant mask mandate or no mask mandate um but i i guess does is that what maybe steers people away from coming into business because they fear that things are worse and i guess they really are but is that kind of that what happened there with that i i do i believe the media is driving a bunch of that uh mike and, and jim thanks for all you're doing for us and mike thank you too yes, sir. i think uh you know I've been, I, I see i see my customers our customers in you know at the grocery stores and i talked to them about it and they said you know i'm sorry we haven't been in it's not about you or your food you know, we're just scared to be out right now. Yeah. We're just in all kinds of numbers, and we're seeing, you know, things that just causes our family to stay in, and we just cook. You know, their their school that you know they got their their students, their school, uh, their kids, you know, doing school online. They just don't want to come out of the house. Um, you know, I, I experienced two days ago. Uh, we had exactly, you know, I think it was something like sixty some tickets come through. Yesterday we had eleven. Uh, it is so up and down, back and forth. It's, it's the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Got just a couple of minutes left here. I want to make sure we get Mark in here. And uh, I, I really hate we can't go on for longer here. But um, Mark, kind of talk to me about how this has affected your business, uh, Farmers Insurance. Well, I, you know, and me and Mike's talked about this several times. There's a, It just seems like here in the last... 90 days or so we're starting to see a bunch of business we do a lot of commercial insurance and along with homes and autos but 
we're, we're seeing a lot more of businesses just shutting down and, and getting out of the business, travel agencies, you know, uh, those kind of businesses and some even restaurants and people that are trying to make a go of it that we ensure are just closing their doors and throwing in the towel, you know, and it's a, it's a hard time uh, for certain types of businesses, you know, and um, for us being an essential, we're kind of like Genie of being an essential business. People still have to insure their stuff and still have to pay their bills and have to do those kind of things, just like they got to repair their houses. So uh, that side of it hasn't been too bad. I've actually been able to hire a couple of people and bring in uh, that had lost their jobs in other places and put them to work. So we've actually been able to increase the number of people we got. So it's been one of those kind of good bad things, but we are seeing some of uh, the negative repercussions of of what's going on in the economy with business mm -hmm. going out, you know, and I do a lot of lobbying for the insurance business on, on Capitol Hill here in Nashville and of course in Washington also for, for that, you know, and just hearing the conversations and talking to folks, man, it's, uh, uh, you know, you can say what you want to about it, but it is, it's, it's killed our economy or at least shot it in the foot really good anyway. Yeah. We had a, we had a survey that, uh, that was toward the end of October and, couple things that really stood out to us is 75% of uh, the respondents, small business owners said they're either going to apply or would probably strongly consider applying for the next round of PPPL. And that's, that's a big number. Um, that's, <laughs> that's hundreds of thousands of small businesses. And so we're eagerly, we're really pushing right now for, for that compromise in Washington, DC to do another round of PPPL that gets to small businesses, not big businesses that don't need it. And it's it's forgivable, um, you know, up to 150,000. So, wow. right now it's 50,000 by rule. So there's a lot of things that they can do right now, but you got to call your senators and your congressmen. Yes, thank you. Uh, gosh, I wish we could go on further. This has been great. Maybe we can do it again. Yes, uh, we'll do it. Jim Brown, uh, state director of the NFIB, Mark Lewis, Farmers Insurance, Danny Perdue with Maddie's Restaurant, and Jenny Williams with Gill's Ace Hardware joining us here on the show today. Thanks to everybody and. Um, can't say it enough. When you shop, shop local. Help these uh, local businesses stay around here. And uh, we will see you back here next time for another edition of Rutherford Issues presented by Turner Security. Turner Security.